0: Hello everyone, today we have two Bible readings from the book of Hebrews. Uh, The first is from chapter 3 and I'm going to read from verse 12 through to 15. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold to our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. The next reading is from Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm going to read from 23 to 25. I'll just let you get there. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another one on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Steph. Uh, Hello again. Uh, You'll find a a sermon outline on the welcome card, if that would be helpful for you, on our our website. Uh, Please do have a Bible open in front of you so you can test what I'm saying. We're going to be kind of coming back to Hebrews 10 uh, a few times. Uh, Today's a a topical sermon, which is kind of not our usual practice here at DPC, uh, but I thought it would be appropriate, given it's Aaron's last Sunday, for us to be thinking about this topic of encouragement, how we can be encouraging one another, how we can be encouraging Aaron and Gabby as we farewell them. Uh, So let's pray and uh, ask that God would help us to think more about this topic. Uh, Dear God, we thank you for the opportunity to open your word and to listen to what you have to say to us about encouragement. Uh, May you speak through me uh, into all of our hearts so that we might grow. Amen. There was a man in the early church who had a reputation for being a great encourager. His name was Joseph, but it's not Joseph the father of Jesus. This guy was a Levite who grew up up in Cyprus. Joseph was in Jerusalem in the early days of the church and he committed himself to following the risen Jesus as his Lord. He was a preacher, a prophet, a missionary. He was a close companion of the Apostle Paul. You may not realise it, but you've probably heard of Joseph. You just know him better by his nickname, Barnabas. In Acts chapter 4, 36 and 37, Luke writes this. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This guy Joseph had such a great reputation as an encourager that he was called the son of encouragement it's almost as if encouragement itself gave birth to a man and that man's name was Barnabas we don't actually know a lot about him but he pops up several times in the new testament at key moments and each time he is true to his nickname For example, when Paul was converted from a murderer of Christians into a Christian missionary, he went to Jerusalem to join the disciples, but they were all terrified. They thought it was some elaborate trap. It was only Barnabas who was brave enough to go and meet Paul and take him to go see the other apostles. Later on, the apostles sent Barnabas to Antioch, which was the first city where Gentiles became Christians in large numbers. And Barnabas went there and encouraged them to remain true to the Lord. And many more people were converted through his ministry. Uh, then Barnabas and Paul, they worked together as missionaries. They traveled throughout the regions and established lots of churches. And at the end of their first journey, they visited these churches again and they encouraged them. Barnabas was an encourager, and he modeled how encouragement is a vital ministry. Think about it. Without encouragement, we can become weary with the trials of life. We can get caught up in sin. We can get distracted and stray from the path of discipleship. We all need this type of ministry because we all need encouragement. Consider how tough this past season has been in our church life. There have been many trials and challenges, delays and setbacks. And here we are today farewelling our founding pastor and his family. Who would blame us for feeling discouraged? Well, we can't remain in that state, can we? We need to fix our eyes on Jesus and the goodness of God. We need to fight sin and temptation. We need to seek unity. And I say we because we all have a role to play in this. Of course, there is work that needs to be done by the leaders at DPC... But there is other work that we can all be involved in. And a key part of that work is the ministry of encouragement. This morning we'll explore how we can all be like Barnabas, so that we can be sons and daughters of encouragement. And this is what I want to encourage you in today. You see what I did there? So I said, encourage you? Yeah, see, so we're already doing it, right? It's working. So let's start off by thinking about what encouragement is. And specifically, what Christian encouragement is? Regular encouragement is about you know, saying and doing things to give people support or motivation or hope. It's it's kind of in the word, isn't it? It's to put courage into someone. I learned to ride my bike. Whoops, there we go. I learned to ride my bike in the shopping centre car park at Churnside Park, and it required a lot of encouragement from Dad. He had to encourage me by motivating me, spurring me on. Uh, One time I failed to use the brakes and I hit the edge of a garden bed and flipped over the handlebars into a bush. So Dad had to do some other sorts of encouragement then. Encouragement in the form of comfort and hope and reminding me I can do this. I did learn how to ride my bike. And incidentally, I used these same methods to encourage my own kids to learn how to ride their bikes in the Preston Hotel car park. Thankfully, there were no kind of garden bed into the bush incidents. And so encouragement in general is about helping someone to move forward in some way by offering support, confidence, comfort or hope. Christian encouragement is a bit more specific though. It's about helping someone to move forward in becoming more like Jesus. It can even be about encouraging someone to first become a Christian. We've already heard about how Barnabas sought to encourage believers. So let's turn now to Hebrews 10 to think a little bit more about a Christian take on this topic. This is going to be our key passage for today. This is what we read in verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The letter to the Hebrews has a really strong focus on calling Christians to fix their eyes on Jesus and to persevere in following Him. The author is well aware of the traps and temptations and distractions that we all face. He is aware that the Lord Jesus will one day return and He will judge unbelievers and He will gloriously transform believers. And so he calls us to all be engaged in the ministry of encouragement to spur one another on. But how do we do that? It's all about God's word. Our Gospel Communities started a new series this week called Six Steps to Encouragement, which was written by Gordon Cheng. And he sums up the purpose of his course in an 11 word statement i'm not going to get those who've gone to their gc this week to repeat it but hopefully this is familiar god's word changes us through us it can change others too we know from the book of genesis that god created the entire universe through his words he literally spoke creation into existence God also guides and directs people through his words. He gives commands, he gives blessings. He also promises judgment for disobedience and then he enacts that through his words. God's words are powerful and the most powerful words of all are found in the gospel. Think about it. The gospel, the good news regarding Jesus, it's a message, isn't it? It's a message that when believed, it has the power to save us from judgment, to completely reshape our identity, to change our hearts, to guide our behavior. We're not able to perfectly obey God. In fact, we often find it hard to just even listen to God's word, let alone obey God's word. And so a word of judgment is spoken over us. The sentence of death is pronounced upon us by God. That's the bad news. That's the bad word. But the good news, the good word, is that Jesus lived a perfect life, yet he came under the sentence of death and bore the punishment that we deserve. And to prove that he'd satisfied the word of judgment, God raised Jesus up to everlasting life. He has declared Jesus to be the king of heaven and the saviour of the world. And so now all we have to do is believe the message, believe the words. And a new word will be spoken over us, a a word of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of peace, of hope will be declared righteous and just and worthy of everlasting life. Not because of anything we have done, but because we've believed the word, the powerful words of God as they're found in the gospel. The Holy Spirit, he unleashes the power of God's words in our life to make us more like Jesus. Of course, we find this gospel message in the Bible where there are also words that help us to live out our new gospel lives, help us to understand God better and to know how to live in his world. So this is why Christian encouragement is primarily about words. God changes us through his words and so we are to speak words that are from the bible and words that are shaped by the bible so here's my definition christian encouragement is about speaking to others in a christian way with the goal of spurring them on to grow as christians this is shaped by two key elements the method and the goal the method is speaking in a christian way maybe that doesn't mean much to you but but what I'm trying to get at is that the Bible should impact on what we say but also how we say it. Our words are to be true but also delivered in a loving way with integrity. These are words that honour Christ and the goal is about seeing people grow as Christians. I mean obviously that includes conversion and then seeing someone mature in Christ. Growth can happen by being built up in our faith and godliness, through being encouraged and drawn to rely on Jesus more, and even through being warned against sin. And that's important, that we we don't want to just limit encouragement to just kind of merely nice or positive words. Sometimes there'll be hard words for us to share, words of exhortation perhaps but they will be encouraging if their purpose is to spur someone on. Christian encouragement is about speaking to others in a Christian way with the goal of spurring them to grow as Christians. This helps us to see what Christian encouragement isn't. For example, it's not about just simply giving out warm fuzzies. Uh, There's a fable that I heard as a teenager about a land where everyone has a big bag of warm fuzzies and furry little creatures that bring joy and whenever someone would give one of these away to another person, that person would then feel all warm and fuzzy. They'd They'd be happy and they would then give a warm fuzzy in return. But a witch tricked the people into saving up their warm fuzzies for themselves so they would have enough for themselves and instead they'd give out cold pricklies. The moral of the story, as far as I remember it, was to be the first one to be generous with kind, loving words, and then, and then you'll get them back in return. And see, then everyone will be warm and fuzzy rather than being cold and prickly. But the problem with just handing out warm fuzzies is that ultimately it's about people feeling warm and fuzzy. It's not about growing as a person. It's not about looking outside of yourself. It's really just seeing what can I get from that person? Oh, I'll say nice things, so they'll say nice things back to me. And so your own positive feelings become the motivation for your actions. Christian encouragement is not about handing out warm fuzzies. It's not about building up self-esteem. It's not about giving people those feel-good goosebumps. Instead, it's about sharing biblical truths, that will help people grow and that will help people glorify God. In my previous church, there was a, a man named Alex and he was one of the best encouragers I've ever met. He was always ready to offer a warm welcome and a big smile. But what I loved about him most was the way he would encourage me. If I ever preached a sermon that he found really helpful, he would come up to me after the service and he'd say, I praise God because of your message today. Or he'd say, I praise God for the way he used you this morning. And it was, of course, wonderful to be thanked for my efforts, but ultimately he would always point us both to God. This was helpful because it stopped me from getting a big head and it directed glory to the right person. And so rather than me just feeling kind of all warm and fuzzy and becoming dependent upon Alex so I'd feel good about myself, we'd both be standing there glorifying God, giving thanks to him, worshipping him and being driven to live for him, not for ourselves. That was an important lesson that Alex taught me. And that's Christian encouragement. You see, rather than having good feelings about myself, it's about having good feelings about God. Well, hopefully you're on the same page as me, We defined Christian encouragement. I want to just push a little bit more as to why this is important. Maybe you already agree with that, but bear with me. We're going to talk about why this is important and then we're going to talk about how to do it well. So God has spoken in his word and he calls us to speak his words to one another. This is part of his plan for saving us and maturing us. It's so important that we engage in this ministry because the Christian life is hard. We need help. We need each other. Encouragement helps us to grow in godliness, to avoid being hardened by sin, and to persevere to the end. First of all, we need Christian encouragement to help us grow in godliness. Let's turn back to Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouraging one another is how we spur one another on to love and good deeds. You know, if we just focused on verse 25, we might think that encouragement is about treating people as if they are bikes with deflated tyres. You know, our job is just to pump them up so they don't feel so bad anymore. But we aren't on about puffing people up so they can be on their way. We want them to be transformed. We want them to love others and to engage in good deeds. We want them to grow in godliness. And so this means we first of all need to not neglect meeting together, we need to turn up at church and then speak words of encouragement, of exhortation, of comfort. Rather than pumping up each other's tyres, we're wanting people to be more thoughtful and Proficient bike riders. The second reason Christian encouragement is important is because it helps us to avoid being hardened by sin. Listen to what Hebrews 3, verse 13 says. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Growing in godliness means not listening to sin. I mean, sin doesn't want us to have self-control, and so it says, go on, have another donut, how can it hurt? Or you've had a rough week, so why not spend some time looking at porn? You've earned it. Sin doesn't want us to forgive others. And so it says, well, that person really hurt you, so you should ignore them and warn others about them. Sin doesn't want us meeting with other Christians, and so it says, how can it hurt to skip church just once more? Before you know it, sin has hardened your heart leaving you cold and callous towards others, cold and prickly even. You listen to your sinful desires, you listen to your pain, you listen to those around you who don't want you to believe in God and you stop listening to him. So what's one antidote to this? What's one way we can avoid the trap of sin? That's right, encouragement. Christian encouragement. In fact, daily encouragement. We're to speak the word of God, we're to remind people about the wonderful truths of God so that we won't be hardened by sin. You know, if all we get is negative talk, if we're constantly battered and beaten, then sin will seem like an attractive option. Or it may even feel that sin is inevitable because God doesn't seem to be at work. And so encouragement helps us to balance this out. The third reason Christian encouragement is important is because it helps us to persevere. We're back at Hebrews 10 again. It's a key passage. We're going to start from verse 23 though. this time. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouragement doesn't just help us work towards love and good deeds, it also helps us to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. We're told that God has promised to keep us, and He is faithful. But sometimes we doubt, don't we? We're challenged by suffering in our lives, and in the lives of those around us. We have doubts about the Bible's truthfulness. You know, why are there so many other religions? We see people who said they were Christians, but now they've turned their back on Jesus. We serve week after week, and it feels like it's not making any difference at all, that no one even cares. We see recent events in our church, and we wonder, where is God in all of this? Why does this feel so hard, and it's just one thing after another? We can feel discouraged, we can start to waver. Christian encouragement is so important for helping us to persevere. It reminds us to look to God and not to our immediate situation but to the future that he promises. It reminds us that God is good. He is faithful. He is powerful. But guess what? He's also patient and his plan will unfold in his timing in a much more complex way than we can ever understand. And so there will be tough times on our journey. But God is still good and in control. In fact, we can take some comfort from the words of Barnabas when he and Paul returned to encourage those churches that they had planted. Yes, they spoke words of encouragement, but this is part of their message. They said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Encouragement is so important and it's doubly important for our congregation right now. Even the fact that we aren't in our new church building yet is a source of great discouragement. So we need to help each other out so that we can persevere, so we can say no to sin, and so we can keep growing in godliness. Hopefully you're super-duper convinced now that encouragement is a good thing and something we need. So let's look at how we can encourage others. And there's a lot I could say, so I'm going to narrow it down to three tips or ideas. One, identify evidences of God's grace at work. Two, consider the flavour of encouragement needed. And three, actively seek opportunities. So let's look at the first one. You know, it can be harder than we realise to identify the good in someone's life. It's much easier to be negative, isn't it? I bet we can easily find at least one thing about today's service that we can complain about. Maybe the way another Christian has treated us this week. We have this negativity bias, which scientists claim is part of a survival mechanism. I think it's also an indication of our sinful, fallen nature. And so when we give someone feedback on their life or their ministry, it's so easy to focus on the bad things, the things they need to work on. Maybe we say them because we want them to feel bad so we can feel good about ourselves. Or maybe we just developed an ungodly habit of being a grumbler. We're less likely to speak up if things run smoothly, if someone does a good job, because, hey, they did what we expected them to do, so I don't need to say anything. But what if we got better at praising the good that we see? What if we spoke well of others despite their flaws? What if we gave thanks for the blessings God gives us through the words and deeds of others? I bet that would make a big difference. it takes a lot of hard work and so we've got to turn to our friend Barnabas again for a solid tip listen to what happened when he went to Antioch to encourage the Gentile converts this is Acts 11 verse 23 it says when Barnabas arrived and saw what the grace of God had done he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts so what Barnabas did was he identified evidence of god's grace at work in their lives in that church he saw that these gentiles were indeed faithful followers of jesus they were growing in godliness they were persevering as god's grace was working in them and so he encouraged them he pointed out the evidences of god's grace at work in their lives so they might grow even more and continue to trust in god and so when you look at someone else do you kind of list off all of their flaws and their sins would you actually do the hard work of identifying the evidence of God's grace in their life and when you see those evidences of grace do you speak up maybe today you can encourage someone who served faithfully at church you can encourage the welcomer who took an interest in your week you can encourage the teenager who sang up during the singing even if they were a bit shy about it I appreciate some of you might feel like, hey, aren't we moving back into warm, fuzzy, pumping up ties territory here? Remember Alex the encourager who I mentioned earlier? See, when he encouraged me, he always pointed us both to God. So perhaps you could say something like, thanks for serving at church today. I'm so glad that God has given you that gift. Or I'm so encouraged to see the way God is at work in your life I mean, it even just gives me hope that God can change me too. This is Christian encouragement rather than just handing out warm fuzzies. It's okay to praise people if the praise is ultimately going to God. We should rejoice with others when we see God at work in their lives. So That's tip one. Tip two is to consider the flavour of encouragement required. Encourage is not always as simple as pointing out the good in people's lives. Sometimes encouraging others does involve speaking to the person who's straying or struggling. We can see it in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 14. He says this, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Paul speaks about people here who are willful, who are weary and who are weak. And while we're only told to explicitly encourage the disheartened, can you see that there could be forms of encouragement that would be relevant for the other two categories? You know, we can encourage and exhort an idle and disruptive person. It's about ensuring that sin's deceitfulness doesn't harden their hearts. They don't continue down that track. And so sometimes we do need to address the negatives in someone's life. Also, we can encourage and comfort the weak. This is about ensuring their struggles and limitations are not perceived by them as a sign that God has abandoned them. When someone is sick, you don't want them to think that God doesn't care about them anymore or that somehow they're not able to grow in Christ. We can encourage them in the midst of their weakness. And so sometimes our encouragement might need a flavour of exhortation or a flavour of comfort. And so by considering this, we can speak into someone's life in a way that's helpful for spurring them on to grow in godliness. Of course, this takes skill and practice, doesn't it? And so if that feels a bit too much for you, just just stick to the kind of positive encouragement. That's okay. It's a good place to start. Look for those evidences of God's grace. My third and final tip on how we can encourage others is by actively seeking opportunities. Let's consider Hebrews 10 one more time. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouragement doesn't happen automatically, we need to consider it. We need to develop the habit. It's, It's not enough to simply turn up to church, we need to seek opportunities. When you're speaking to someone after the service today, why not think to yourself, how can I encourage this person today? Is there some way they've contributed to the service you can speak to? Is there something good or something hard about their week that they've just shared with you and you can encourage them about that? During the week, is there someone you can write an encouraging note to? Is there someone you can pray for and get this, then you let them know that you prayed for them. How encouraging is that? Let's be actively seeking opportunities to encourage people. Let's be seeking ways to come alongside someone and to spur them on. Christian encouragement is about speaking to others in a Christian way with the goal of spurring them on to grow as Christians. What's well, about it? Are you feeling encouraged about encouragement I'm going to encourage you by not going off another 10 minutes about it. You can talk about it after the service, how you can spur one another on to encouragement. If you do want to think about this topic some more, I've got some resources. Uh, One of them is a book by Gordon Cheng. not long after the course on encouragement. He wrote a book on encouragement. I have two copies that I'm willing to give away for people to read. And imagine how encouraged I would be if you took the book and read it and put into practice. So free copies, grab them. If a book feels like a bit too much, uh, then I've got these printouts from an article from the Nine Marks website about how to put encouragement into practice. So maybe if that's an easier option, go for that one. You know, today's actually a good day to start putting this into practice, since it's the Boyd family's last Sunday with us. And so I encourage you to encourage them by speaking to them about the work God has done in our church through them take the time to thank them and encourage them to keep walking with Jesus as they move on to a new church and a new season of ministry. As I've mentioned a few times, our church could really do with some encouragement right now. So let's pray that we'll all be more like Barnabas. And who knows, before long, we'll be a church that's filled with sons and daughters of encouragement. How wonderful would that be? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the ministry of encouragement and we pray that you would help us to each embrace it, to live it out in our lives so that we can be a church that's overflowing with encouragement, not so that we'd feel warm and fuzzy, but so that we would persevere in our faith, we would grow in godliness and we would give all the glory to you. Amen.